Hello, kia ora, shumai. Welcome to the Be Better podcast. This podcast is aimed at helping you go B Corp and beyond. And in this podcast, we connect with other certified B Corporations, aspiring B Corps, and other aligned individuals to help you understand the what, why, and how of B Corp certification. Says so it's doing it. There we go. Preparing live stream. This meeting is being live streamed. Boom. It's thinking Hello. about it. It's thinking about it. So, um, kia ora. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Be Better podcast. And with us today, we have Jamie Cashmore. Jamie, how are you? What's going Hello. on? Hello. Kia ora, everybody. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. Excellent. My son was up at five this morning, so early coffees. Nice. Yeah. Children, the, the gift that keep on giving on so many oh, levels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, just checking, yeah, we, we are live in the, uh, so if you are tuning into this on our, on the Grow Good, Be Better podcast, um, we also live stream this um, uh, podcast into the Be Better 100 community group, which is the group uh, that we have for the clients that we're working with who are going through B Corp. So they get exclusive early access to this and they get to ask questions to people like Jamie. So hopefully someone is going to ask us a question, otherwise that'll be embarrassing. <laughs> um but yeah so um this podcast is all about connecting with people who have done this b corp thing and trying to help other people understand maybe if they should do it um and just yeah hear the stories of people that have been on that journey connect to entrepreneurs ceos senior leaders from companies that are doing some really cool stuff and jamie you definitely fit into that category so for those of you who haven't heard of jamie cashmore which i can't believe there's that many and for those people that haven't heard of twice just tell us a little bit about who you are what do you do um yeah so we twice um, has been around for about five years. Um, we've been in market for about two and a half. Uh, so we make edible tableware. Uh, well, we make edible cups at the moment, but tableware is a general kind of kind of sense, I guess. Yeah. Um, we've started with cups because I guess there's that big um, waste number of 300 million cups that get thrown out, single-use cups that get thrown out in New Zealand every year. Which just is in New Zealand. Horrific. Yeah, just in New Zealand. Yeah, so... Um, that's pretty crazy. So we thought, hey, there's got to be a, a better, you know, another, another, you know, more approachable solution. Obviously, you've got your keep cups and you've got your um, swapper cups and stuff like that. Yep. Um, what I like about Twice is that it's it's a very approachable, fun way to look at the single-use throwaway culture that you know the coffee culture and you know the service industry really has. Yeah. Um, and, and throwing away tableware. So um, it's really cool because people. Are so amazed you know that you can put a hot coffee in this cup and then eat it and it's delicious you know it doesn't taste like potato starch or ground up corn with maize and stuff like that you know it's a, a, a delicious vanilla biscuit that um we've built a bunch of machinery and are indeed for you know several years um to make this cup that can hold hot liquids and obviously you can put ice creams and desserts and stuff as well um but then obviously you can eat it or you can put it in a waste stream and you can get a circular economy going and put that back into the earth um, and it won't, won't actually hurt it. You know, there's a whole nother discussion about single use cups that are compostable going into a waste stream in a circular economy, but it's actually yeah, not yep. the earth. And, you know, that's a whole nother discussion. Yep. But yeah, so that's kind of what we do. We've built all our own machinery. Um, we've R&D'd everything to make them. Um, and we're just about to reach a scale level in New Zealand in probably six weeks. We get a new machine, which we've been working on for about three years. So, nice. does it go bleep? Because you got hey? a machine, does it go bleep? 
It's, um, it's, 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 you've got to have a machine that goes bleep. That's does go bleep. Whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> that's the limit. That's the limit of my engineering and manufacturing capability. Does it go bleep? Oh, cool. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah it does. But, it does bleep. Yeah. So many, so many great questions that I've got for you. Just based on, and, and but I think the, the just to divert qu quickly onto that whole compostable cup thing because I actually did a twelve month contract working for a really cool uh, organization who used to be a B Corp but they stopped being a B Corp because they went through a bit of a tough time and they couldn't afford the certification fee I believe. Uh, called Kilmanic Enterprises. And um, the, the two roles I had there for them, uh, sort of for this 12 month contract, was one to help them find uh, some more uh, revenue streams. And the other one was to help them get B Corp certified. And on the revenue stream, we the coffee cup thing was a really big thing. And so we went down a really big rabbit hole of looking at well, do we become the center for Canterbury and potentially the South Island? where we would actually take the compostable, the in inverted commas, the compostable mm. coffee cups and mm. actually compost them. And we did a whole lot of research. We ended up connecting with a whole lot of recycling companies. And yeah, the, the, for those of you listening, you know, like I guess not all compostable coffee cups are created equal because no. many of them that claim to be compostable still have a PLA, which is basically a plastic lining, which means in most truly and particularly in Canterbury, where, where I'm based in Christchurch, New Zealand, the, the composting facility here is 100% organic. So mm. you cannot have any non-organic material yeah. go through the compost. So all these uh, companies were making claims about how, yeah, our, our coffee cup's compostable. Meanwhile, the compost facility is going, uh, no, we're not no. taking those. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's for me, it's a great example of sort of greenwashing of, yeah, it's compostable. Oh, yeah, but just not compostable where you live. Um, it is in Bratislava on a Thursday. Um, if you talk to Uncle Igor, he will sort you out. Yeah. 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 So um, how did you come up with this idea? Oh, man. It's it was... just one of these like shower moments where you're taking the yeah. dog for a walk and you're like, hang on a minute. It was a beach moment, a beach, a beach moment with, um, I think it was my wife actually that, Kind of splurted out because we we're just kind of throwing ideas around having a swim as you do and um she said what if you could eat your coffee cup and i was like oh that's that's pretty crazy and everyone kind of forgot about it and then i was like doing some experimenting one day in the kitchen with some muffin tins and stuff and um i i kind of thought oh yeah i think i think we i think this could be could be fun we might uh, be onto something it's yeah, not it such a crazy idea yeah. yeah yeah so then it kind of <laughs> blossom from there and my, my dad got involved and he's got a very engineering mindset so he's been working on the machinery and stuff like that um you know working with our engineers and um you know designing everything and prototyping things and things don't work and you start again and all that kind of fun r&d stuff yeah. um yeah so it's a fun little partnership and my my mum's involved as well and now my wife's nice. the branding so it's a real family <laughs> nice well, it's, I mean, it's your wife's yeah. fault she came up with the idea so she should if she, she wasn't should. roped in at some point i'd be quite disappointed exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, do, so do you have an engineering background? It, 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 like, what, 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 you bring, what are you bringing to this? <laughs> <laughs> I studied audio engineering, but I definitely nothing to do with engineering uh, edible coffee cups. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm spent most of my life in kind of a sales and marketing roles, uh, mostly in the audio commercial audio industry. So, um, yep. yeah, I, I do more of the. The, the sales sales and marketing stuff yep um looking at expansion looking at you know new markets what we're going to do where we're going to go and that kind of thing so that's yep. a lot of our focus this year is on um true commercialization yep. um which will probably happen in north america um yep. yeah you need a you need a big market to make them cheap enough to make it you know a sustainable business that is going to create true change yep. um new zealand's a fun place to to test things out 
yep. and to make things happen. And we've got a really great kind of number number eight wire mentality. Yep. You know, get things done, we can get things working. Um, but obviously there's only 5 million people here. Um, yep. And, so, and mo most of them have been drinking coffee from home for the last two years. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> most of them are on the Supreme Instant vibe. So, um, yeah. yeah. Or the humming, hummingbird or whatever. Hummingbird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. In, insert fact, we're not sponsored. We're not currently sponsored by any, any coffee brands. However, yeah. you know, if anyone's listening, we're, we're happy. Insert to coffee brand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, uh, that's super cool. So, I mean, what do you... What did you so you got into? You were in audio engineering in sales. So so like when you were growing up, I mean to, to get get involved in a, a pretty radical startup idea as a family business. Like was that on the cards? You know, young Jamie's off to school every day, and he's like, oh, when I grow up, I want to come up with some really crazy idea and, and rope all my family. Yeah. And, and like was that? Yeah. What, what what was on the cards for young Jamie? Yeah, I guess I was always I've always wanted to. I've always had a kind of an entrepreneurial mindset, I guess. I've started a few businesses and built a few recording studios after school and stuff. And I've always wanted to do my own thing. Um, and I guess we're, we're big foodies in our family. So we're always thinking about the next meal. Um, so I, I guess it just so happened that the edible coffee cup thing, it was like, it ticked a few of the boxes. And so we, yep. um, it was kind of a natural progression for us to go, okay, cool. Here's a business that we, could do you know it's yep. it's, our, it's our own thing we can make it our own thing and also we can we can drag in a few other kind of of our passions and stuff like like yep. food um and it was um yeah i guess that's why we were all kind of still in it and it's one of our main things is that one of our taglines is more taste less waste nice. so it's important to us that it actually does taste good because there are other edible cutlery options out there um, but in our opinion they all taste pretty pretty crap um so if something's edible it has people actually have have to want to eat it yeah, no yeah. making something edible with it. crap so you, you, yeah. you, you could you could theoretically eat some of the, the, the i mean i know of one company that does seemingly have a pure just cardboard cup that is recycled yeah. i mean theoretically yeah. you, you could give that a go you could eat that yeah, you probably could yeah yeah i think there was a company there was a takeaway like a um like a fast food thing a couple of years ago that did and edible like wrappers around their burgers mm. it was like yeah okay you could eat that <laughs> you could yeah once you go to burger you're probably not going to want to eat the wrapper but yeah, yeah i see yeah. where you're going trying to yeah. go with that go, so, go yeah, check that, check with your gp before you eat the wrapper yeah yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah um <laughs> it might might clog you up a bit yeah, yeah. so it's important it's important that it tastes good so, you know we're always working on new recipes we're you know we're about to relaunch our cups and a plant-based recipe we're going to do a chocolate one and we've got gluten-free and we've got all that kind of thing in the works because nice. the, the taste thing and the range thing is important to yep. us and that was a question we just had from bex from the group is um oh. yeah regards to accessibility gluten-free dairy-free other allergen options um she wants yeah. to know what the ingredients are in the cup i, I suppose you can't give us the, the complete 51 no, herbs, herbs and spices um, i'm happy to yeah <laughs> um, so the current ingredients are egg flour sugar and natural vanilla so it's dairy free. Um, it's not egg free. Um, then the new cups were going to a plant based. So it'll be, it'll yep. be, it'll be plant based and it'll be um, um, dairy free. Yep. Then um, we do have a gluten free one that is in the works that uses coconut flour and coconut nice. oil. Um, it doesn't last as long. So our current yep. cup, you can put boiling water in it and come back 12 hours later and it won't have broken or burst or anything. So it lasts a really, really long time. Um, the, Plant-based ones don't last as long, but they still last about eight hours, which is 
amazing. Like most, we're, most cups of tea have gone pretty cold eight hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How long does it take to drink a coffee, right? 15 minutes, 20 minutes? Yeah. Um, the gluten-free ones don't last as long. So we're, we're still playing with a recipe and deciding. I was talking to some customers this morning in our coffee bar, actually, because um, he's a celiac. And I said, look, we've got a gluten-free one. It's, this is what it is, you know. If we said, hey, it's only lasts half an hour, or this only lasts an hour, so be, you know, you've got to be more careful with it. If we put a disclaimer, what, however we worded that, would that be okay for you? That's yeah. fine. So maybe that's, I was thinking that would be more towards the end of this year, but maybe yeah. we might try to kind of bring that in. Um, nice. soon. I don't know. It'd be interesting you- to get, if anyone's listening, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to get your thoughts. Feel free to comment well, there, up. There we go. That. Yeah. If anyone yeah. wants, cause yeah. Cause I mean, just quickly on that. So you, you just recently set up a little um, uh, coffee bar. And whereabouts is it in Auckland? So we're in Eden Terrace, Saint, 16 St. Benedict Street, Eden Terrace. Um, nice. You'll see our, it's purple everywhere. Our, our <laughs> you can't miss it. Purple, you can't <laughs> miss it. Um, yeah, so we, we moved here to scale up our operations and we had some extra room. Well, not really, but we had some room in <laughs> our office space. Um, and I said, to, I said to my dad, who's my business partner, I said, hey, look, let's open up a little coffee bar because you know, it gets the locals through, it gets people through, it's somewhere for people yep. to come. Um, anyone who wants to come and hang out is welcome. Come, if you listen to this, come and get a free coffee and apple cup. Um, and it gives us a chance to talk to customers because yep. we supply cafes and restaurants who get to talk to customers. Yep. We don't have as much of that stakeholder engagement. So it's really cool to be able to get those people through, talk to them about their experiences. Obviously everyone can't believe it, that you can have a coffee and a cup and eat it. Um, so yeah, it's been really cool to do that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Super cool. Um, so yeah, what, what's, what have been some of your sort of big challenges today? I mean, clearly, you know, when you're operating a, a pretty groundbreaking business, it's not, if, if it, you know, it's kind of like the whole purpose driven B Corp world. If, if it was easy, they'd all be doing it. Exactly. If, clearly, if making yeah. edible cups was easy, yeah. someone would have done this before. So yeah. they haven't done it before. So why haven't they done it before? What, what have been the real nightmares or real challenges of trying to? Yeah, yeah, that is a good question. I mean, there are a few companies that make like a wafer cup. Yeah. Um, which obviously, if you're going to put hot coffee in that is going to disintegrate pretty fast. Yeah. Um, we, right from the outset, we identified that to be sustainable from a business point of view, so we could stay around, we needed to own our own intellectual property. So we needed to build our own machines. We didn't want to go and buy a machine, yep. and try and change it. We wanted to do it ourselves and, and do our own R&D process. So that's essentially what we did, which was, it is what it is. And that's why we're still here five years later and we haven't hit a global scale because to take it slowly, but do it yourself was the kind of road we went down. So that's probably been our main challenge in terms of, R&Ding a process to take it from making one cup to making lots of cups um, at a time. Um, so yeah, there's been lots of challenges around that, multiple different engineers, um, multiple different headaches and um, yeah, lots of, lots of, uh, lots of cash. <laughs> um, well, but- good, good job your name is Cashport. <laughs> You, well, clearly yeah. lo- you clearly have lots but, of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> a lot less now. Um, <laughs> change, change your name to Cashless. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be Jamie Cashmore. Then I started a business. And I started a business. Cashless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's been, 
that's been interesting but that we've now come to a stage where we've um we've completed our patent that's been three years that's a pct stage um so now we've got something that we've we've got a machine that has some uh, uh, some scalability to it um and we can go we can now go to market we can make them in for the australasian market here in new zealand and now yep. in the small spot we've got and we can go out to north america and, and scale what i would probably say true scale yeah um, and 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 take it from there so that's been that definitely been our biggest challenge and yep. that's that's ongoing right you know there's yep. always things to change there's always things to to make better always decisions that you need to make that affect the next steps yep um, that you're going to take in the business one of the one of the big ones for us was if anyone's seen our product it, it doesn't have a perfect top like if you see a cup mm. it has a you know the top's perfect like yep. a, a paper cup a plastic liner and it's perfect yep. made by a machine our tops aren't perfect because there's, there's a, ha a handmade nature to it right we went down the road of trying to make them perfect which was a mistake and then we decided halfway through that mistake we decided hey actually we quite like the fact that it's yeah individual that yeah. makes it yeah it gives you that sort of handcrafted there's a bit of yeah yeah so now we've gone down that road of of making sure that, it, that they are each all unique um which i think is a, is a really cool feature yeah. so lots I think of that's super cool. think about yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and so in terms of um scaling the the idea is you're going to keep sort of manufacturing production in new zealand or are you going to look to get your dad to make more machines and put them in different <laughs> parts around the world oh so, yeah we're currently designing a, a machine for north america um yeah. to be Obviously, to be as sustainable as possible, we need to be making in, in each market. Yeah. Um, so the plan is to to put a machine in up in North America to service that nice. market, and then yep. from there we'll we'll go on and put machines in strategic markets to service kind of more local areas, um, mostly because of freight costs, you know, especially yep. and we yep. ship a lot of air. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because of how yep. the product is, so shipping products up to the states from here would not be yep. ideal. Um, I think so, that's it's it's a very B Corp approach to it is is that and I think we're seeing there's a, there's um a couple of well there's uh, Guido uh, in the group from uh, Innate Furniture you know they're they're looking at they want to take their idea global and, and they're cool. looking at that same, same idea like they, they source local sustainably produced wood to to create furniture well yep. it's not very sustainable if you're taking New Zealand wood shipping yep. it to um, Aussie and then yep. making it. Uh, oh, sorry, making it here and then shipping it over there. So it's really interesting how, uh, um, I guess, more more holistically around the B Corp community, this idea, yeah, Bex has just put a comment in, in the group here, local footprint. It's it's definitely becoming it's a trend. And I think this, this is for me, you know, this is where the kind of, you know, the B Corp assessment, it makes sense and it makes sense because yeah. it, it makes economic sense. It makes environmental sense. You're going to hopefully create local opportunities, local jobs, yeah have that sense of community um yeah going you know because clearly you've got a very family-centered business it'd be yeah. really cool to, because the risk is you, you go big you you turn into like a nestle and all of a sudden yeah you're, you're big evil bastards inc uh, even though you might still be a b corp somewhere along the line so um, yeah exactly yeah I think it's, it's, really is, uh, it's, it's good that you brought up that family point because you know when you're growing a business you either got to choose to go down if you want to be a large business and to create true um you know, to have some kind of true sense of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, to make a big difference, mm. you need a big-ish, you need a big machine, you need a big yep. company. Um, you know, for example, Starbucks, they do, they throw away 4 billion cups in the US alone. Wow. 
um, a year. So, you know, to, to have that kind of difference, it's not really sustainable to do it from New Zealand, you know? So yeah, yeah. But yeah. you need to grow in a way that is sustainable <laughs> for your business and how you've set that business up. And I think that's what, bring, what B Corp brings to the table from an early stage business like ours is you set those things in motion first. So you set those um, those precedents and you set your values and ethics and yep. this, this is who we are, this is who we are as a business. We need to grow and scale significantly, but this is how we're going to do that. Um, and it's cool that yep. you've got some other bigger bigger companies that are coming through the B Corp process now yep. because they're coming through and they're kind of allowing us to, or like, to look at those bigger companies and go, okay, cool, yep. still be, um, we can still have true scale and be um, yep. a good company that isn't ruining everything and being totally. awesome. And, and this is the whole, um, you know, this is the challenge of the modern business is balancing purpose and profit. It's, you know, clearly the, the more you scale, the more positive impact you're making. Um, but as you're scaling, you, you, you will be coming across more gnarly questions where sometimes you will have to make a more profit-based decision in the short term to ensure the longer-term survival of the bigger and, and this is this is the thing it's it's hard there's not really a great um i, I guess playbook of, of how to do this because for the last probably 100 years in general you know we haven't been thinking in, in this way in this sort of dualistic manner it's, it's all just been about which well, it's easy we just maximize profit yeah. easy decision whereas now it's like well hang on a minute Got to think about profit. Got to think about short-term survival because you're a startup, scale-up business. But yeah. you've got one lens on, well, yeah, we want to be here for maybe 200 years, 300 years as, as an entity because people are still going to be, I mean, I guess even in when we're on Mars, people are still going to be drinking coffee on, on the, was it maybe 10 light-year trip to get there? What's the climate footprint on a <laughs> bloody sending coffee beans up to Mars? To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows i'm sure uh, i'm sure elon is, is oh, elon on, about on, that. he'll be working on the uh, the coffee uh, supply um yeah but yeah um, yeah it is an important thing to um it's an important thing to measure and i think the great thing about having beagle early on kind of like i was saying before is it attracts and it sets your precedent for the partners that you want to yeah. um that you want to attract in, in overseas markets, you know? If you say loud and proud, hey, look, we're a B Corp, this is what we're about, you know, the big corporates are gonna be a lot less likely to be like, oh, cool, let's let's jump in with these guys because yeah. they know that you are trying to balance purpose and profit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's important. And it, it's, it's already showing, we've only been certified for what, two months and it's already showing, you know, the companies that we're talking to, the people that we're talking to, you can already tell, you know, people would, super keen and some people are less keen and so it's yeah it's inter interesting conversations yeah nice hmm. nice so um yes i guess segueing into b corp so how did you hear about b corp has it has it had it always been on your radar like before you started the business had it been was it like yeah. hey, when i grew up i want my business to be a b corp or yeah, yeah where, where did you bump into it pretty much yeah um i've always i've seen it around and i've um i'd seen a lot of companies kind of coming through it um and I knew that, you know, I knew when we were talking about this business to, to have true impact that it would have to be a global business. Mm. So looking at those global players and um, looking at how we, um, yeah, like I was saying before, how, how we show ourselves what's the best, what's, what are the best ways that we can show people without sitting down with them what we're about, you know? Yeah. 
um, and kind of where we where our where our thoughts lie and what we think about the about business and things like that. So I guess it was a natural thing for us to do. Um, and looking at the kinds of businesses that go through or went through the process before us, especially in New Zealand and Australia. Yeah. Um, you could see that those are all the kind of businesses that you would want to kind of align yourself with. Yep. Um, so yeah, it was always something that I wanted to do. And it was lockdown came at a great time, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've got some time on my hands. I know. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, make ups, um, couldn't get to the office to make yep. up. So I just thought, hey, look, let's dive in now. Yep. Um, I did have that thing of, hey, we're small. We're, we're a little New Zealand company. Yep. Um, but I thought, hey, let's look at the bigger picture and let's get this done now. Um, and really ingrain it into how we start growing this year. Um, yep. you know domestically and internationally yeah and I'm super glad I did because uh, yeah like I said before it's been um, fundamental in some of the conversations yep. yeah yeah I, I think you yeah I, I'd say your timing was absolutely spot on for what, what you're doing yeah mm. I, I think yeah I totally agree um, another question from Bex um, biggest hurdles going through the B Corp impact assessment um, for me one of the biggest hurdles was the language and the yep. how some of the questions were phrased um yeah and that's probably when i reached out to tim i i went through probably as much of the assessment as i could yep. um, myself and I, that was really valuable for me because i didn't want to i wanted to do the assessment justice so i did spend quite a bit of time you know like thinking about how our business had been in the last 12 months and then how our business was going you know moving forward so it was great to do that by myself and kind of spend a couple of months in it, in the assessment, thinking about it, you know, like I do 15, 20 minutes a day and look through the questions and really kind of answer what I could and then come back to some of the other ones. And I'd use the bookmarks and stuff and come back to those. And then once I got that, then I reached out to him and I was like, hey, look, uh, who recommended you? Uh, I don't remember now. I was thinking about that from Hello Cup, maybe. I don't know, someone, someone recommended him and I said, hey, look, oh, let's reach out to him and, and just get some help. Just understanding how they, what they're looking for in certain yep. questions, because I, I was finding that it was, I don't know, they weren't wordy. Some of the questions aren't wordy, but I just wasn't sure how, yeah, what they were looking for. So Tim was great like that. He knew exactly what to say and or not say um, <laughs> yeah. in terms of what they were trying to ask you, what you were doing. So yeah, that was... Yeah. That was probably they, the biggest. They certainly haven't won a plain English language award for the impact assessment. Um, no. But hey, yeah. yeah. So yeah. other other than the sort of the assessment itself, I'm trying to remember. I mean, you, you I mean, almost all the companies that we're, we're currently helping with their B Corp assessment at the minute, you, you're, you're B Corps already in, in that you're doing fundamentally right. your DNA is a B Corp. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think that there was anything really that you there was nothing that you were like oh my gosh i have to like fundamentally alter how mm. we're operating the business here because you, yeah. you were you were building the business as a big because you were of that dna yeah, um, yeah exactly. was, was it was there anything that you recall or or is it anything that i, th I think because the one i remember because we, we were having a bit of a conversation because we we I guess we felt that you were eligible for the impact business model. Um, those in the community, you'll know exactly what I mean by impact business model. Those of you listening on the podcast might not know. So there's two, two levels to the B Corp assessment. The, the general assessment is a measure of your operational goodness. So whilst you are making edible coffee cups, how much good 
are you creating for your mm. employees, for your local community? Just, I guess, almost like vicariously as part of your day-to-day operations. An impact business model is where you can prove that you have gone out of your way to do more positive social and or environmental performance than you are legally required to do. And I guess we we were pushing to get an, an, an impact business model for you under the fact that your product is edible, therefore um, it is res- resource conservation because the alternative, the, the legal level for, an, for a um, disposable cup is that it's made of potentially PLA plastic um, yeah. and yours is better than that. But because you didn't have organic um, mm. materials in, they kind of, they shot that one down. It was a so, toxic reduction. Toxic reduction, yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah, it's interesting. I think maybe that's just um, testament to the fact that you're you're so ahead of the curve that because um, I, I still felt that there's there's an element there that that what yeah, you're doing I, is is a better alternative to what's out there, and you don't well, have to be doing that. Hundred percent, it is. Yeah, I think probably what they needed was well, they wanted us to get that question. They wanted us to use all organic ingredients. Yeah. And that would have like more than doubled the price of our yeah. ingredients, which isn't sustainable. Um, and so probably we could have got away with it if we have done a lot of testing, yep. like significant levels of testing, which we do want to do and we will do. But yep. I don't feel like until we've got a product that's the same, pro- you know, like until we've got a product that is the same all around in all of our manufacturing areas, yep. what we'd essentially be doing is testing a product which wasn't 100% the product that we're going to move, you know, commercialize with. Like the perfect yep. example is a um, the cup that we're using now, which has egg in it, um, is changing to a plant-based recipe. So we're, we're, we're dropping the egg and it does, we've had a lot of scientific testing done on that egg-based cup and that does change the molecular structure scientifically, I won't get too deep into it, but it changes a lot as does when you remove the um, flour. And we've tried about 30 different flours, all different types of gluten containing and slow raising and um, all that kind of thing, the different flours, but it changes molecularly the cup. So that will change how that decomposes and things like that. So once we've got a cup that's cool, hey, this is our recipe and we're making it in New Zealand, Australia and the US and the UK, and this is what this is our product, then we can go down that road of, okay, cool. Here's what it is. Here's how it composts. Here's how many days. And then we can actually make a a list of, this is why ours is X times better or than than the alternative. And maybe we can revisit that toxic reaction. Yep. I think, Um, yeah, next time round. I think you'll yeah. you'll nail it, and that, I think that's yeah. I think it's just like I say, you're you're clearly at the frontier of technology with with your product, full stop. And I think also just that the, you know, if if you were already in market, if you already had established presence in the US and Europe, it would have been easy for you to pause and go, yeah, look, we're just going to put fifty k and get some yeah, yeah. and do this. Yeah. Whereas, so right. I, th- I think that's yeah. a yeah, I think that's a reasonable. Um, do you remember what your score was in the end? Um, our final score, yeah. Uh, I think it was like 85.4. Yeah, I think that, that rings a bell. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, solid first time score. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. you, you're really well positioned for that in three years time to. Um, yeah, to jump up. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love yeah. to get up above a hundred when yeah. we. Oh, I think you'll, I think yeah. you'll yeah, easily do that. Um, yeah. So you sort of talked about some of the conversations you've been having, you know, and how B Corp has kind of guided those conversations, but yeah, any, anything more you can kind of allude to on that front? Like what, 
has, have you seen a, you know, have there been any sort of marked changes in, in existing conversations you've been having? And it's like, hey, we, we're now a B Corp. And I guess also two parts to that question. Had you indicated to people that B Corp was kind of on your radar or, or had you kept that powder a bit dry and, and it's like, hey, we're a B Corp now? Yeah, how did you navigate that? Most, most people, we kept it pretty quiet, um, especially because the people that we're talking to internationally are, um, you know, nothing set in stone. So yep. I didn't want to go talking about things that A, weren't complete and B, give people ideas that we might may or may not partner with, yep. um, you know, commercially. Um, so, yeah, I guess there's kind of two, two parts to it. There's the, the people that are already on the same kind of journey with us um, they're on that, they have a B Corp mindset, they have a purpose versus profit versus, yep. you know, um, they've already have that mindset. That's how they run their business. Yep. So as as a now a certified B Corp, we fit better with them. Yep. And there's a certain, there's a level of like, oh, like I don't have to vet you as much now because I know that you have similar ideals to me. Um, there is still obviously vetting that you have to do because everyone's human. Um, so there's that part. And then there's slightly controversial part, which I'll, I can, I can talk to. Um, and probably some people will relate to it and some people won't, but when you're trying to do large commercial deals with big, the big players, mm. a lot of the time, those big players haven't been, don't have a purpose versus profit mentality. Yep. They're either looking to do it, or get into that space because they genuinely want to. Yep. Or they're looking to do it because they want to make more money. Yep. And it's really hard to gauge people's intentions. Yeah. I've found, I mean, I'm reasonably, I'm reasonably young, but I've really, in the last kind of probably 10 to 15 years, I've really trying to be trying to not judge people's intentions. Like I know my intentions. I know my business partner's intentions and I know what our company is wanting to do. So to a certain extent, I kind of see, you know, like we're talking to a company at the moment that is large and they're owned by a company that's even bigger. And that is definitely not B Corp. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're looking to do, they're looking to make this big sustainability play in the U S with their single use cups. And one group of people would probably say, hey, look, these guys are monsters. Mm. And one group of people would be like, hey, these guys are looking to, to do to change up their single-use cups in the US. How many cups, single-use cups could we save from landfill if we did a deal with these guys? Yep. So there's kind of both, you know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like a, it's a give and take of, hey, look, this is opening up doors mm. and the intentions behind the door opening from these big corporates are unknown because I can't read their minds, yeah. but the, the good we can do good is good, <laughs> you yeah. know, and change yeah. is a lot easier from the inside than the outside. Yeah. So that's kind of how I'm seeing the, yep. the process at the moment. And yep. I'll either be shot in the foot by my thought process mm-hmm. or it, it will work out, but it's an interesting, they're interesting conversations to have with people that you may or may not have been able yeah. to have conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I think no, I think you've summed up a whole lot of stuff really eloquently there. It, um, I used to do some, I did some contract work for, well, they used to be called Conscious Consumers, but they're now called Kogo. Um, oh, yeah. We had a big conversation. It, well, it pretty much, 
once a week at the team meet, you know, weekly team meeting, the, the conversation would come up. It'd be like, so part of my job was to was sales and business development support. So I was helping Ben and the team. We were trying to onboard mainly Kiwi retailers. So back back as it was then, it was a, it was a consumer facing app where you as a consumer could choose the things that you cared about. So I care about climate change. I care about um, staff conditions like living wage. I care. I, I, I'm vegan or, or animal cruelty friendly or animal cruelty free friendly. Da, da, da. So there's about 10 or 12 different things that you as a consumer can say, this is what I care about. And the play was for the retailer, they would get access to a dashboard of who had been in their store and what did they care about. And if they weren't getting any people from the conscious consumer app in their store, then that's kind of an indication that even though you think you're being conscious, okay. people don't think you are. So you need to come and yeah. And we we'd have this regular sort of yeah, conversation, sort of spiritual, metaphysical, philosophical discussion each week. It's like, well, what if McDonald's said they want to be on the app? What if mm. they said, no, genuinely, we want to, we want to put um you know, cruelty-free um, meat in, in yeah. all our, in all our produce. Yep. Half the team were like, nah, they, they don't, they, they shouldn't even have a mandate to exist. The other half of the team were, were more of your mind. I said, well, look, if we, if we can change the direction of McDonald's by kind of two degrees to be, yep. sli- to be slightly more holistic, well, that's a win. And that, that's a win at scale. Yep. And I think it's hard. Um, again, this is, this is this new realm of business that we're all, we're all trying to, you know, sense and, nav- and navigate. And I, I, I'm, I used to be perhaps more, you know, yeah, they don't, I don't want to play with them because they're big evil bastards. But I think increasingly uh, over the years, I've kind of transitioned and, and now it's about, yeah, it's better to have them in the tent, you know, rather than outside the tent and whether yep. their intents are genuine and real right now, it's like, you, you don't know that we don't know that. Um, but if they're exposed to what you're doing and your practices, it could be that there's 10 people in this monolith corporation that you, you might inspire, uh, you know, that, that might create a small seed of change that you might never even know about. And, yeah. and I, I kind of think that's the vibe I, I try and take out. It's like, I'm just going to sit here, talk about B Corp shit until I die. And, yeah. you know, if, if that you're keen to come on the journey, I'm here. If, if it yeah. gets you to think slightly differently, that's cool. If you're not interested, that's you. I'm cool with that. But you can only do you at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. And I've been, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and I think I won't put it as eloquently as what they said, but I think the premise of what they said is change basically happens with a lot of the time with the next generation, you know, so, you know, we've got these big corporates now that are being run by whoever, let's call them baby boomers for lack of a better, you know, that's a very judgmental thing for me to say, but let's just put them in the older, older bracket. And now we've got the younger guys coming up that are running B Corps, that are interested in climate change, that are interested in, um, you know, all these things that we should be interested in. And we're coming up and we're running those companies and we're selling our goods to those companies. So it's only a matter of time. If we get more and more people involved in a movement like B Corp, um you know it's it's all moving in one way so that's that's kind of my mindset you know like you gotta you gotta kind of get in bed with the big guys if you want to make big big change yep. you've just got to protect yourself if you do yep um, exactly that. yeah yeah and that's um, that you're protected yeah yeah totally uh guido has just jumped in the chat he said yeah 100 agree that big change can happen by working with big players who may not have you know historically had a good rep but yep. you know if if people are willing to have the conversation and are open to change, then I'm yeah. happy to have the chat. Yeah, totally. I think you're hundred percent right as well with what you just said, you know, we, I've had some conversations. Um, so I think it was May last year, ANZ bank issued a 100 million Australian dollar loan, ESG backed loan to Kathmandu. 
Kathmandu, I can, I can never remember with the, I think Kathmandu are the biggest B Corp in the Australia, New Zealand region. It's either them or Sinlay, either one. They're, they're the two biggest. Yep. So th this loan was indexed, is indexed on um, Kathmandu maintaining and increasing their B Corp score. Yeah. So, you know, big banking is getting it. And talking to the to the two people that, that created that lending vehicle for um, Kathmandu, they basically said, you know, well, two, two interesting things, you know, basically B Corp was the global benchmark that they, they, saw is when yeah. it came for us to be able to actually guarantee the ESG credentials of an organization B Corp was the was the one certification that we we saw as head and shoulders above but exactly this they were saying you know global markets private equity investment it is all moving because there is being this generational change that the people now running um, most of the investment markets are in their kind of early to early to late 40s now maybe instead of you know and and they're kind of i guess yeah. they're our peer group they've got kids they're, they're looking at all this stuff they're more attuned to this stuff and i 100 agree that there's a there's a big change coming through and you know you, you're either going to be riding this wave of change or you're going to be the laggard who everyone's pointing to going dudes do this is seriously like, like what are you doing like, yeah yeah it's interesting i was talking to one of our advisors the other day and i got a list of um a bunch of um essentially like high net worth people that have ties to New Zealand and the US. Yep. Pretty much, I think it was like 80 or 90% of their funds were all run by their children. Yeah. yeah. That's happening. It's definitely so, happening. No, it's, they're all coming up. You know, they're all our age. Yeah. They all have similar ideals to us. They have, yep. um, you know, similar things that they want for their, their kids, you know, and, they, and to see yep. their futures as well. So it's all going, it's all going in the right direction. It is just yeah. a matter of time. Yeah. Um, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not something that's going to, um, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. No. You know, and a good, I've, I've been taught, one of the things that I, if I can go off track a little bit, but yeah. the things that I was, opened my eyes a lot was when I was working in commercial audio, I got a call from a, um, a project manager for this, a, a coal mine in Australia mm. that produces like a quarter of the power from Victoria. Mm. I said, oh, we want this new emergency sound system. <clears throat> and I was designing sound systems at the time. So I said, oh, yeah, cool. Fly me over to um, Melbourne and I'll come out to the mine and I'll go around. And I'll design a system. So you said, one of the integrators from Melbourne came out with me. It took two days to walk around this coal mine. Um, and one of the things that the guy let drop when he was talking to me was, you know, in the 80s, they built this coal mine for however many billions of dollars and they still haven't paid it off. Wow. So you can see all the, it's, it's horrific. You can mm. see all the coal coming out of the ground and going into this thing being burned. And I was on the 10th the, the story of this. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know how it all works. I'm not really interested to be honest, but it all comes in. And, you know, I guess they burn it and it cre somehow creates power. But you just saw, you know, hundreds of tons an hour coming in and being burned. But to turn that off, turn off a quarter of the power for Victoria like overnight yep. because it's not sustainable. Yep. So it's about bringing in the new era yeah, yeah. in a sustainable way. Um, like, yeah, if you've got the guy who owned it, whatever Japanese company owns it, you know, if his son, if the, yep. if the guy, whatever, gave the reins to his son and the son decided to close it, yeah, they probably could close it and write off the $10 billion or whatever they paid for it. Yep. But like realistically, are they going to do yep. that? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of feel like we're in this liminal space at the minute between, you know, the old and the new. And, and this one of the favorite expressions um, 
I heard a while back that I constantly use is, you know, don't forget that the person who invented the light bulb did it under candlelight. Mm. And I kind of feel like we're, we're in this liminal space now where we've got a few light bulbs that are out there, but the vast majority is still, it's still candlelight, but yeah. you, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I, I used to be a lot harder and more judgmental on some of these bigger industries that are clearly, you know, that, that their future is not looking great in terms no. of our long-term shared future survival. But like you say, it's like, what, what we're just going to make all these people redundant. We're going to just close them down. We're going to have, yeah. you know, blackouts, rolling blackouts in Victoria while yeah. going to yeah. turn the power off for Melbourne. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's, it's tough. It's, it's crap. Yeah. There's not, not the way. It's a big shit sandwich and we all got to take a bite. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> and we can only do, we can only do better than what we did yesterday exactly that which is kind of why we, we call this corny as well it's true though but i mean it's true and that's that's kind of how we ended up calling this the be better podcast and and it's yeah. the be better 100 it's like we're all just trying our best to be better and and it's there's no pathway to this it's like this is uncharted waters in in many ways yeah. and so this is it's was it when i was at university um used to watch the i think back in the day it might have even been the super 10 or the super 12 rugby you know at oh. university in cardiff you know we'd, yeah. we'd like oh my gosh like this is the best rugby we're ever going to watch you know streaming in on sky sports <laughs> and, um, uh it was an australian commentator i can't remember the guy's name now i think he used to play hooker for for aussie but the the, the, the comment was um has stuck with me and um he was talking about uh i think it might have been i think he was talking about one of the south african number sevens and he's like he's like truth mate this guy's this guy's legit he's 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 like having a shark in your living room dangerous but at the same time rather exciting <laughs> it's it's kind of like that feels like the phase we're in it's like it's dangerous but it's exciting like we don't really know where we're going to go and how we're going to get there but We've just yeah. got to give it our give it our best and, yeah. and do what we can do, so that you know when we are all living in the rest home on Mars in fifty years time. Well, God, do you remember Jamie? Do you remember when we did when we did B Corp back in 2022, 2021? Oh my word, God! And you were B Corp like number fifty out of now ten million B Corps. God, yeah. imagine that. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be fun times. Fun yeah. times. Mm. Um, just on business advice, Bex is is crushing the uh, the commentary today. Um, best advice that you've been given regarding business or entrepreneurship um best advice was something i got told actually the other week i joined a like a ceo cohort that's run by a um an entrepreneur who has been very successful she's taken companies public she's nice done for, she's done massive things in the states mm. um and i already kind of had adopted this mindset but a lot of kiwis don't and it's basically like think bigger yep like if you're trying to get someone on your board if you want whatever Elon Musk on your board, yeah, don't assume that he's not interested. Elon Musk is yep. probably a bad example, but you know, if you want, oh, no, go go email him, go ask him, yeah. tweet to him, he'll probably reply. If you're doing a, a space thing and you want Elon Musk on your board, like why wouldn't like think that he wants to be on your board? Don't think yeah, that he yeah. does, and try yeah. and make it happen. So yeah. that's probably the best the best advice because okay. Kiwis are so a lot of Kiwis are pretty small minded. And so if you want to grow a business, especially if you want to grow a business with a lot of, with like a big heart, like a big purpose that wants to do big things, you need, you need big people. So yep. go after it. Don't be nice. afraid to ask for what you want. Nice. Mm. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, that's been, um, I look back at my own business and, you know, two, three, four years ago, I was kind of like, let's just try and find businesses in Christchurch. It's like, you know, 
And Christchurch is a pretty tough market to sell almost anything into. It's, it's still pretty conservative. You know, I didn't go to school here, although I went to a good school in the UK, you know, and kind of play the good school card game if I have to in, in Canterbury. Um, your but, family yeah. was on the first ships. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, but sorry, your ships were built in when? Yeah, I think my school was founded in 1152, if we want to play yeah, that yeah. card. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can go down that route, normally top, top trump them on some something around that. But yeah, yeah. it's... um. I think for me, you know, COVID was actually a really useful thing for me. It's like, hang on a minute, there's, there's a world out there and there are yep. people that want to be B Corps, not just in Christchurch. Oh, yep. crazy idea. Um, even in Auckland. Well, crazy idea. Um, yep. Yeah, so... Hey, uh, Tim's a shit-hot B Corp consultant, so why oh, shouldn't he help international business, people be, become B Corps? But, you so, know, that's the, that's the mentality. People go, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I can't do it yet, yeah, but... It, exactly yeah. that, exactly that. And and so, yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, play play local, but think global and, and, and back yourself um yeah it's 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 hard though um when when it's your business you know all your own um imposter syndrome and and your own you know mental barriers and blocks is what's holding you back meanwhile people are looking at you looking at potentially looking at your business going oh my gosh like what why are you just selling coffee cups in auckland like this is insane like you should be doing this Yeah. yeah no i think that's great advice and i think you know increasingly the world is so connected send them a connection request on on linkedin yeah. send them a send them a direct message tweet on on twitter you, yeah. you just don't know you know if, if you don't ask, LinkedIn premium, you can message anyone in the world well Any there you subject. go yeah we, we, I, I know uh, tim ferris gets sponsored by linkedin so if you want to yeah. sponsor another tim linkedin we're happy to take your uh, sponsorship also on, um yeah no i agree it's um I, I always look back on you know when was it um Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern here in New Zealand when she became Prime Minister whenever it was a few years back and an Australian journalist rang the New Zealand Parliament House all they wanted to do was work out whether her name was spelt with a T or a D so was it Jacinda or Jacinta and they got through to um, you know the switchboard they said hi I'm just looking to get through to uh, your Prime Minister's office please and they put a put the journalist through and Jacinda answered the phone and they were like oh hi I'm just looking to see how uh, the Prime Minister spells their name and she's like oh it's me and it's uh, J-A-C-I-N-T-A it's like you can get hold of prime ministers of countries for goodness sake people just give it a go yeah because yeah. if you don't if you don't ask it's a hundred percent no yeah if you, if you the ask, worst thing they can say yeah no if, if you ask your odds are at least 50 50 because they yeah. might be there. yeah 100 100 percent. um i guess business yeah the, the other question that, that, that bex has come up and this was a question i wanted to ask you myself um i guess there's two parts to it so the, the first part is so you're you're a recent dad um I definitely had a big existential change in my outlook of life in general. It, it led me to this whole, what I'm doing now. If I hadn't, if I hadn't had, a, had our daughter who is her, it was her birthday yesterday, so 10 years ago. Um, obviously I didn't, I didn't do much of the hard work. Um, but, you know, having had our daughter, I'd had a couple, I think the earthquakes for me down here in Christchurch were a big part of like an existential shakeup. Like what am I doing life short? But even before our daughter was born, the thought of like, oh my word, we're going to bring in a little human to this thing and looking around the planet 10 years ago and you kind of go, there's quite a lot of things that, you know, what's, what's the world going to look like in, in 20 years hence when she's, you know, kind of taking over the mantle, getting into the world as, as an adult. Yeah. That that definitely had a big impact on me and, and my, like it fundamentally altered my my, my life's course. Um, yeah. How was that for you being a, being a young dad or a new dad? Yeah, it's definitely, it's interesting coming in and becoming a dad when we've started our journey. Um, it's definitely altered the way I think about work and think about, because it's interesting because I don't think about what we do as work. I don't, yeah. I could work all day, every day and I 
you know, it's, it's fine. It's fun. It's great. Um, so, but it's definitely forced me to kind of push back and be like, okay, cool. When I'm at home, I'm at home. And, you know, sometimes I do a few emails and stuff, but I try not to do too many calls. I try not yeah. to do many Zoom calls and stuff with people overseas um, because, yeah, you, you can't. I It was interesting. I heard a, I was just, you know, scrolling through Instagram and I heard a, I think it was Jordan Peterson. He was saying, you've only got kids. Your kids are only young once. They're young for yeah. like three or four years and then they're not young again. Yeah, and then you lost them. Yeah. And then it's over. You know, and I already, you know, my kids won in like two weeks and I'm already like, oh, like he's walking, he's yeah. crawling, he's yep. already getting his own form of independence. Yep. And that, you know, the moment of, you know, it's when they're first born, it's so hard. And when they're sleeping on you, <laughs> it's in the moment, it's horrible, but I want that back. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, so, um, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. get it back. And the same with, you know, your your spouse, you know, you can't get that, um, you can't get those years back that you poured into the business. So it's, you know, it's important to to do, it's important to put your, the most you can into into your venture, um, yeah. but not at the expense of yourself or your family. Yeah, so that's, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to get, again, this is this balance. Like, and I think we're almost perhaps we're stupid we're not smart you know because you i think you and i are pretty similar like you're trying to a startup business it's like having two kids or having two families yeah. a startup business is like having a big child it need or one of those little tamagotchi things it, it bleeps <laughs> it, it needs feeding okay it's lonely okay i need to go so you're yeah. juggling a very needy business yeah which is your you know a big chunk of your heart and soul and blood and sweat and tears is in that but you've also got a genuine family and and i'm I, I totally hear it like i love what i do i, I would work 24 hours a day because it's not work and yeah. there's like we're, we're we're only at 50 odd b corps in new zealand we're only at four thousand ish globally there's yeah. still some work to be done it's yeah. not like we're there yet so I, but i think that purpose like coming down to that i think the purpose when you're doing something that you know is something good and you deeply yeah. believe that what you're doing is good for is going to be good for your kids and your family and future generations it's a lot easier to be like okay cool i'm working on something here that is actually making a difference yeah um and i think that you know that definitely helps when you do have to do a late night call or you 100%. do have to go away or you do have to yeah 100 yeah. percent. and that's where you know within the organizational purpose work that we do you know we, i talk about motivation is is uh, finite like you can only you can g yourself okay i'm gonna go and do that thing like you can do that so many times before you've burnt all those candles yeah. but purpose is infinite it, it pulls you forward because you are so deeply connected to the positive outcome the legacy that you're that deepest level that you're wanting to leave like for you to be able, you know 10 years and five years time you would you to be able to turn around one of your metrics to look at is how many shitty disposable or disposable coffee cups did we stop getting into yeah. the world yeah. well that's something to be really proud of and to be able to look your son in the eye and go i, I kind of did this for you like, i'm not putting the pressure on on your kid but it's like you know, I, I kind of i've done this for you i've done this for you and all your mates so that you don't you're not sitting covered in <laughs> a, yeah, a tsunami of shit cups <laughs> yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it makes a massive difference mm. um but the challenge is that is that switching off and and because you know there's there's always another cup to be sold there's always a new idea i think i think you and i are quite similar maybe it's that sort of sales and marketing background you, you yeah you're never short for an idea um getting this old thing to to switch off and actually just do nothing for a little bit is is yep. a challenge sometimes yeah yeah so second second question uh again but 
Bex had this question, but I, I definitely had this question. So when I left university, I did a, about I know, six months working for a very dodgy company, as it turned out. That's a whole different other podcast. Um, and then a mate of mine from school and my dad kind of came together. And we, we this, this was sort of like 1998, 1990, well, 1999. So the dot-com boom was, was going off. It was like, if you create a business and you put dot-com on the end, give it a year, we are genuinely going to be billionaires. Someone's going to buy us out. It's going to be amazing. <clears throat> and so we created this... Uh, it was an online travel directory. So it was called wherewillwego.com. And the idea was you could kind of go on and you could search for travel providers. So let's say you wanted to go mountain biking in Peru. Well, yeah. we would have found all the companies that could take that, including some local people, as well as, um, you know, the global big companies, um, you know, that, that could run that, uh, that, that thing. And yeah, so it was me, my dad and a mate from school. And my dad and I uh, just bumped heads every day to the point that mm -hmm. I, I said, I'm, I'm going. Because if I don't go, there is going to be a murder suicide here. Yeah. Um, so how are you? <laughs> how are you and your dad getting on and your wife? Because you know that's that's a big ask to be. Yeah. You know, because obviously, you know, the, the thing we we always found that my dad was like, "Well, I'm older, I know best. I've been in business longer." Mm. And I'll, I'll never forget one night we took a mate of his who was a senior partner in Grant Thornton, one of the big five sort of consulting firms, and we sat down for a beer. And I said, "Right, so Ed, hypothetically, this is the situation." Um, hypothetically these are two solutions to the situation which one would you back and he backed my idea and I was kind of like yeah mic drop see dad I do know shit da, 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 da. yeah so was it how's it going for you guys have you had therapy yet <laughs> not yet not yet yeah it's um it's definitely been a journey the first probably three years were really tough yeah really tough three and a half years yeah. um we've really kind of we got a new um the last couple of years we got we got, we got nearly got burnt by a guy. And after that, we kind of regrouped. We nearly stopped. Yeah, we kind of regrouped and we, we were like, what are we going to do? This is too hard. We're over it. This is probably two years ago. Mm. And, um, and then my mum actually said, oh, how about we call so-and-so? He's one of the top dogs at PwC. And um, I was like... PwC, big company, you know. <laughs> and um, anyway, we called him. And um, he, because I've always been a global, I've always been like, we've got to do this, we've got to do it now, we've got to raise money, we've got to get investors on board, and we've got to do it quick. We've got to get to the States and commercialize. And um, dad's like, oh, no, no, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. I'm steady, engineering mindset. I'm steady, number eight wire. I'm like, yeah, cool, that yeah. works. And so this guy came over and basically, yeah, just what you said. He was like, you got to get to the States as soon as possible. Yep. I was like, yeah, cool. And that's kind of, we've been talking to this potential partner for nearly a year. And we're getting pretty close to hopefully being able to do something. And that's really kind of brought us together. It's like the common goal, the common yep. goal. This is where we're going. We're excited about it. Here's all these big companies that we're talking to. They're excited about it. You know, I just got a magazine in the post from some chicken career that- Oh yeah, I saw that on social, yeah. You know, they're excited. You know, like all these people were emailing us. I was on, on a Zoom call early this morning with this massive company in the UK and they're excited. So yeah, that's that common goal of true global scale has kind of got dad 
excited about the kind of yeah. vision that I kind of saw for the company. Nice. And now we're kind of aligned in this kind of vision and it's a lot easier. I mean, obviously there's still things that we argue about. Maybe we'll write a book when we, when twice yeah. as old, we'll write a book about how to nice. grow a business together. But yeah, it's definitely got its challenges and I can see why people wouldn't do it. Uh, but yeah. you know at the same time it's that family thing you know like families yeah. families everything and if you can do it with your family why wouldn't you know yeah. it's, make it work why wouldn't you yeah i think i think it kind of it's um exponentially at both ends it makes the bad mm-hmm. exponentially bad but it makes the good exponentially exponentially good because yeah we we just always found you know the bad stuff it would it would almost bring up childhood trauma about well yeah but you were a shit dad and you've always done this you know it's kind of like well where did that come from and meanwhile your dad's like you know you've always been a shit kid <laughs> done what you're told hey a weed cup there you go there we go smokable cup smokable hey, cup there you go you heard it here and Ed, literally edible and edible edible um One of the, yeah. we were going to call it twice edibles but then we were like oh that might just, <laughs> it might just pigeonhole you in a certain market but yeah i think when it's great and you have that sense of achievement and it's like yeah like it's it is cool to be able to share um big wins like that as, as a family so oh, yeah, yeah I, I don't think um yeah i don't think there's a clear path i, I think this is you know you're a family-run business startup in a progressive b corp purpose-driven it's like yeah. you need to you need to write the book because there's not many <laughs> doing what you're doing so yeah. um yeah mate well look that's we're at, we're at 60 minutes i feel like we wow. probably just keep going for you know hours um anything more than any yeah words of wisdom pearls um final thoughts from you before we sort of wrap up i think we've covered a lot i think it's oh, it's I an inspirational story thought. yeah hopefully next time we talk i might have some have some wins um, yeah yeah just keep going you know like you never one thing I realized when we were doing that thing with Air New Zealand was people, the power of social, you know, everyone says it, you know, the power of, you know, social media and marketing and stuff, you know, everyone internationally just assumed we were this massive company making millions of cups a day, yep. supplying all the way that Air New Zealand wrote that shout out, well, half shout out to Air New Zealand. Um, the way they wrote that press release essentially made it made it out like we were supplying them. Yep. We'd swapped all the cups out of edible ones, which of course wasn't the case. Yep. But everyone just thought we were absolutely huge, which was great for us because, you know, everyone was emailing us and, you know, Microsoft yep. was emailing us. We want our cups for the cafe and wow. this V-Dub was emailing us and we want your 500,000 cups for this event we're doing in bloody Hamburg or something. And it was just crazy. So... Yeah, just yeah, it's that same thing. Like I said before, don't be afraid to just go after yep. exactly what you. And but also, the opposite is true. If you don't want a massive global business, yep. there's nothing wrong with a SME that totally you know does a couple million a year and allows you to be mortgage free by the time you're whatever, and you can live a great yep. life with your kids. Nothing, yeah, it's great. Totally, just do you. Yeah, do you. Yeah, awesome. Local change is just a, just as important as global change. You know. Um, so yeah it's great it's fun everyone's on the same path and we're, we're doing good stuff so i reckon mm. all right mate well we will leave you to it um go and hang out with the family or go and put some cups in a box or make a coffee whatever whatever you got on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome no mate really appreciate you spraying the time i think there's a whole lot of um even i was writing some notes down oh i need to pull that apart and make a little clip out of that because that's gonna be a great little soundbite so um yeah just keep up 
your amazing work, mate. And um, yeah, keep 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 us up to date in the group as you uh, start doing even bigger and better things across the world. Um, yeah, I'm sure we've all got connections. I'm sure if, if you're listening in and you've got friends uh, or you're living in, I, th- I think we have we have, do have a few people listening in from the states. So yeah, keep nice. a lookout. Maybe let Jamie know if your local cafe you know needs to stock um, some edible cups. Yeah, we'll make some stuff happen. Anyone want the coffee? Come down in Terrace and um. Nice. Yeah, well, like I said, well, I'm going to try and head up to Auckland in the near future, so we'll, we'll come and say hi. Use the code word, B-Corp, and I'll give you a free nice. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. All right, mate. We'll catch Wait. you soon. Cheers, man. Cheers, buddy. See you out yeah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you found it interesting, informative, and inspirational. I'd love to know where you are on your B-Corp journey. And if you have any specific questions or people that you'd like me to interview to help you on that journey, please do let me know. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube for other content that you might like also. And finally, if you think that we might be able to do some epic work together, you can check out how that can happen through my website at www.growgood.co. Until next time, be better. Thank you.